Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, we are back. And uh, we is being used loosely <laughs> since we're only half of what we ought to be. We're half of a man today. Well, I'm half of a man every day. Wow. <laughs> Did I tell you somebody came into our, our congregation on last Lord's evening and they were listening to us on the radio, and they looked at me, and they gave me kind of a once up and down. And they're like, "Oh, you're different than what I thought you were," because <laughs> I'm a whopping five foot three. I know that I'm. I sound so towering on the radio. You, like you I'm really a, do. I'm you at really least do. seven foot tall yeah, on the radio, yeah, but yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no, I'm not, I'm really short actually. Yeah. I'm I, sorry. <laughs> I I actually didn't realize you were five three. Yeah. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Ouch. Well, I'm just as tall as you sitting down. Is it yeah. anybody in this yeah, room? That's exactly right. All right. But so my feet <laughs> touch the ground. <laughs> All right. So where are we at today? I, I don't know. Are we anywhere? Uh, probably. We have been talking about the resurrection, and some of you are probably thinking, honestly, move on. The reason why we've kind of camped here is this is one of the areas where people sometimes struggle the most with regard to... I know it's true, but sometimes there's a, a niggle that that makes me wonder, is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, am I just believing this because it makes me feel better? Is this something that, that's, that's truly something that I can base my entire life on? Um, and, and sometimes it, it raises some, some angst within our hearts of how do I know for sure, that what the Bible says is actually true. Mm-hmm. And then it's it's not that hard to then kind of drift into the, well, even if it is, how do I know that it's true for me? Mm-hmm. How do I really know that I'm a tr- child of God? Um, how do I know that I'm one that Jesus died for mm-hmm. and rose for? And I think assurance is 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 a difficulty for many a believer. Yeah. Um, for, for young and, and, believers, for mature believers, for in-between believers, um, I think people struggle with it at different for different reasons. And at different times. I, I don't think our assurance is always the same. Yeah. Like, oh, that was something I used to struggle with and now I don't anymore. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to read something from the Westminster. Well, I turned there just in case because yeah. there's a whole chapter on assurance. But I think... The Westminster addresses this, mm-hmm. that our assurance is not equally... At all times. At all times. And, sometime, and sometimes we can lose our assurance. And, and real quick right there, our assurance of salvation is not the same thing as salvation. That's right. Uh, assurance is uh, is essentially your, your, an inward kind of subjective certainty 
that you are a child of God. And and if you lose that certainty, that doesn't mean that you've lost your salvation. I was just going to say, this is just a teaching moment for me, that Josh and I are both reformed in our, our theology. I come from a tradition that is more continental reformed, so we have what are called the three forms, um, and it's just summary of biblical principles of what we believe. So that's the Heidelberg and the Belgic and the, the canons. Um, Josh comes from a tradition that is more Scottish reform. Um, so it's more it's Presbyterian, and they have different confessional standards called the Westminster Standards, the Shorter Catech- Westminster Shorter Catechism, Westminster Larger Catechism. Um, very, very much the same. Mm-hmm. You're not going to find a lot of differences. But the Westminster Standards were written about a hundred years later, and because of that, they've added some things that were not really developed in the earlier confessions that I. And my tradition holds to. And one of those that I find to be extremely helpful is the Westminster Standards on Assurance. Mm-hmm. That was not that's not in my confessional standards, but they are in the Presbyterian circles. And I, this is one of the times when I would say that when you have both, it's better yeah. um, because they the Westminster Standards kind of filled in a couple holes that were not necessarily big concerns necessarily at the time of the writing of the other standards. Yeah. And so I would just say that in this way, I would turn to the Westminster Standards on assurance. Yeah. And maybe you want to just talk about, well, what can be some of the causes of a lack of insur- assurance? Well, I think in our, um, I think one thing, because of our particular American culture, we're very feelings driven, we're very experience driven. And this is kind of my personality. Like if I don't feel close to God, well, then that starts to trump the facts of what Scripture says. So I, I'm interacting with a young lady right now via email, and um, th- I, I, the analogy I've shared with her is like, look, uh, imagine um, a, a train engine and a caboose. The train engine represents the facts of the gospel and Scripture, and the caboose represents your feelings. If you try to run a train via the caboose, what's what's going to happen? I, I mean, you're going to... St- you're going to be frozen on the tracks. The caboose doesn't have an engine. And, and that's if you, if you think that your salvation is dependent upon how you feel about God any given day, you're going to be in despair. You're not going to go anywhere. You're, you're going to be frozen. You need to let the facts of the gospel and the scripture uh, drive your feelings. So I think that's one possibility of why a person would not have assurance. If, 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 the cla- if it's gray today, if I'm going through a trial in life, if I feel like God is far from me, well, then that must be be the case. God must be far from me. I must not be saved. And I think sometimes we lack assurance because on this side of eternity, we're still sinners. So the fullness of our salvation does not come until we pass from time into eternity. And so there's times when we can go through life and say, if I truly were a child of God, then I wouldn't continue to struggle with this, yeah. or I wouldn't continue to do this. I couldn't. I wouldn't continue to behave this way to people I love. Yeah. And you can fill in the blank with whatever yeah. the struggle is. But the fact of the matter is, we have sinful hearts that our faith in Jesus Christ did not get rid of. Yeah. Now it's true that we now are no longer enslaved to sin. Yeah. But it. It's not true that we're done we've done away with sin. Yeah. And the Bible says that if anyone says they have no sin, 
they deceive themselves. And so the, the, the opposite truth of that is you're still going to sin. And if we base our assurance on our behavior, then we could be, be in trouble. Um, but our assurance was never about our actions and our works and our, what we've done. Our faith has always been about what Christ has accomplished for his people. Mm-hmm. And because it's accomplished in him, we are, because by faith we're united to him, whatever is true about Christ is also true about us. Mm-hmm. And this is really where John and First John is talking, that the book of John was, was written, John tells us in John chapter 20, that it was written so that we might believe in Jesus Christ. That, that Jesus is the Christ. First John tells us, First John chapter 5, that the reason why John is writing this is so that you who believe in the name of Jesus Christ, that you may know that you have eternal life. Mm-hmm. First John is written for assurance. John is written for belief. Mm-hmm. And throughout the book of First John, John gives three tests to help us understand, well, are you truly in the faith? Mm-hmm. One is the moral test. What's your view towards the commandments of God? Mm-hmm. Does your life reflect um, ongoing and greater obedience? Not perfect obedience. That's mm-hmm. not John's point. Does it reflect a desire to obey the commandments of God? Mm-hmm. The second test is a theological test. Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God? Mm-hmm. And then third is you can call it a social test. Um, it's the love test. Yeah. Do you love God's people? Yeah. And I find those helpful. Yeah. But you just have to read it within context. The verse that Josh quoted before about those that say they have no sin make God out to be a liar. That's in First John. Mm-hmm. And I think John is saying you're not going to have perfect love, you're not going to have perfect obedience, and you're not always going to have perfect belief. Mm-hmm. That's not the point. Yeah. What is the trajectory of your heart and life? Yeah. You know, there's another kind of person. So we've talked about a person who is driven by their feelings. We talk about a person who has sin in their life and they're misinterpreting that sin as a lack of salvation. I think there's another, one more, at least one more, se- several, but one more that I'd like to focus on. I'm talking with a young man right now who lacks assurance. I, actually, I think he's a believer based on what I can see, the, mm-hmm. the fruits of his life. But I think he lacks assurance because he's actually walking in disobedience against the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I've pointed this out to him. I, yeah. I said, I said, friend, so you're not, you're not under the submission of any pastors of any church. You're, you're essentially saying, I, I just do my own thing. You've not been baptized You've not made a public profession of faith. You're not taking Lord's Supper. All three of those things are meant to help you have assurance, and you're robbing yourself of them, and you're trying to look for some other reason why you why you don't have assurance. If you're walking in in known disobedience, your assurance is going to be shaken to the core. I think, mm-hmm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. you look at you look at uh, David. David sins with Uriah and Bathsheba. And then you look at his repentance in Psalm 51 or his, his, the way that he felt in Psalm 32. And in both of those places, David is expressing that he, he feels inner toy, turmoil. The peace has been robbed from him. He, he feels in agony. Well, why? 
because he had walked in disobedience with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I think we agree here. Yep, I, we I, do. I, and I, I think you can also lack assurance because of, of the circumstances of life, dark providences um, that we, we look at and say, if I'm a child of God and if God loved me, then these negative things wouldn't happen in my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes it's self-imposed. We are walking in disobedience, um, which I think Psalm 32 is a, a beautiful depiction of how we feel distanced from God because we have distanced ourselves mm-hmm. because of our sin. And there are other Psalms that talk about the sense of despair of God isn't who he said he was because of the things, negative things that are going on in my life. And therefore I'm wondering, well, if I don't really want to question who God is, maybe the problem is that I actually am not one of God's children. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a misreading of providence um, because I don't believe that we're told in scripture that things are going to be easy. What we're told is that in the midst of our trouble, God is with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't interpret the circumstances to, to deter, don't use circumstances to determine the reality of our position in Christ. Amen. Well, um, you've been listening to the gospel for life. I, I would commend to you um, that chapter in the Westminster Confession. It's chapter 18. Um, it's of the assurance of grace and salvation. And the great thing about the confession is that it gives you scriptural footnotes so that you can look up all of these statements that they're making. It's only like four paragraphs long. You can find it online for free. Helpful stuff, I think. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. If you want to register for our upcoming Boise Reformation Conference, just go to reformationboise.com. It is free. Two great speakers this year, Dr. Robert Godfrey and Dr. Terry Johnson. The theme will be worship. This is what we were made for. What is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. We hope that you will join us. We'll see you next time. 